This is a presentation of Dawn Forge Productions. It's time for Shattered Soulstone. Featuring the latest news from Sanctuary and beyond. Each episode, a heroic party of Nephilim band together to help keep you informed on everything in the Diablo universe. And now, your Diablo Community Podcast. from the dark recesses of the proverbial Dawn Forge pouch. This is episode 254 of the Shattered Soulstone. Buried is social distancing. Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get your free audiobook download at bit.ly slash soulstonebooks2020. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPod, MP3 player, or your real man's phone. Today is Tuesday, March 24th, 2020, and I am Shazam. Um, I brought somebody else with me this week who wanted to be on the show, posted it in, in Discord, so I brought him on the show. <laughs> Um, coming from the, I guess from the other side of Pennsylvania, it is, um, it is, <laughs> it is Dread Scythe. <laughs> Ew, yes, this is East Coast PA coming to you live and inside social distancing from anything and everyone, even inside my own house. <laughs> I, uh, I swear, like there was two customers in the in the dealership today. I swear to God, they were getting into a fight because they wanted to be like six feet from each other. I was like, it's like you gotta be kidding me! Like the one guy was literally like a foot from the service advisor, but he didn't want the other person <laughs> to be within six feet from him. That's like. <laughs> That's like someone who would be willing to be a foot away from a doctor, but not within 10 feet of somebody else within the hospital. Just because they're a doctor, yet they forget to realize that doctor's been around a lot of sick people, and you probably want to have it the other way around. <laughs> that's yeah. like that's like human personality and like innate like primitive behavior reeking its ugly head <laughs> and people not realizing the irony of it all <laughs> like they were, they're working today so they must be safe like nope <laughs> not a guarantee whatsoever so um 
I guess Philadelphia's like completely shut down now. New York's completely shut down, but. Oh yeah, and there's, I think eight counties in PA that are on lockdown. <laughs> and growing, I think. <laughs> we're we're slowly uh, working our way towards um, escape from New York, as well as escape from LA. I think Jack, what... was it Jack Jack Blitzen, the main character yeah. <laughs> of the movie. I think we're on lockdown. I I can't remember like because like everything that deals with Pennsylvania taxes is open. Like the they tax the living crap out of is open and obviously we're open and the part like grocery stores and stuff are open but like everything else is closed um i know i forgot to get liquor the day before they closed i was so sad (laughs) yeah the state run liquors like closed but it says like when you look at the list alcoholic stuff's open and you're like no it's not it's run by the state and it's closed but obviously beer distributors and everything else are still open because you know you need that to stay alive I guess I don't know I don't I don't drink I haven't drank and I haven't had a sip of alcohol in probably at least four years now <laughs> oh wow like I got like I told greeting them before I was like I got my brother's like pretty much an alcoholic there was a lot of alcoholics in my family I want to be the opposite of of you know the known people that were alcoholics in my family I'd just rather not yeah I can see that when I was 22, I totaled a brand new car because I was wasted, so I, I, <laughs> that didn't start off too well, but... You know. Life lesson learned. <laughs> I lived, thank you, I will I will uh, be on my way. So how has your week in gaming been, Mr. Dreadscythe? I'm actually kind of shocked I actually have a week in gaming to... Re- to talk about because like the last two seasons I've basically said okay I'll do the opening weekend and then I'm done (laughs) Um, it was kind of a mixture of like the themes that weren't appealing Uh, without I'm not going to get into overall opinions of Diablo 3 and Diablo 4, but it's like, like mentally, it's like I'm kind of done with Diablo 3, even though there's like still so much untapped potential to just, will never come to light, unfortunately, with the game. Um, it was like, it's like, it, I got to the point where it's like, no matter if I played a witch doctor, or, oh god, I said a witch doctor, Razor somewhere in the dark recesses is rubbing his hands like he said witch doctor dread finally said witch doctor um uh no uh wizard or demon hunter it's like I'm, i play 
if it's demon hunter it's like okay ue for the farming impale for the gr pushing and i'm gonna have nomads because i'm never gonna get a primal uh carly's point even though leviathan's gonna get like 35 in a season i rng is not fair i hate it and yeah um or i play a wizard and i'm gonna play veers because that's the only real viable kind of um build and i'll have plenty of materials but i'll cap out and the thing is all the other uh classes like witch doctor and monk and barbarian um as well as uh the necros have always been up there probably will be up there for a while are actually passing the wizard in damage output um because two of the people two of the three people I'm playing with uh, Shepard and uh, Lionstar are playing Monks they have like half the sheet DPS like half the sheet damage that I do but they're doing multiple times more damage than I am in the Veer's uh, setup so uh, so it's, it's just like one of those things um, but I took a break after BlizzCon and everything, and just kind of just didn't play the game, give myself a little break, and I'm actually playing uh, VR's Wizard this time around because hopefully uh, next season when the new DH set comes out, it will be viable. It'll be something different. Hopefully, it's not chakras because that would just be annoying. Um, but yeah, it's going fairly well. Um, as predictable, I have a ton of crafting mats because the game was fortunate to give me all the right pieces, uh, ancient, uh, earlier than later. Uh, I think I've cleared a 90 solo just so I can get the bloodshare cap up. I could probably do a 95 um, if I wanted to. Uh, doing speed 95s, almost hundreds with uh, my group, uh, and just the general meta group that we well not a meta group but just the group that we do our own little meta uh per se and it's been going well i'm almost paragon uh thousand which i haven't hit in many seasons just because you know after again opening weekend and then that's it i typically only get up to around seven eight hundred and then that's about it um no usable primals out of like the eight or nine I've gotten uh, I've gotten two primal scourges which has now become an hilarious joke in, in our group uh, every time someone else gets scourged they drop it in town and I scream con uh, like, a, like a good old nerd at everybody uh, but that's about it for for being is it really only is it really only the first week? Yeah. Oh, we're going towards the second week. Okay. So it's like a week yeah. and a half. Had like the little crisis moment. I was like, oh my god, is it, has it only been a week? now? it's been a week and a half. Um, but yeah, that's been about it. Uh, it's been going steady. Hopefully I'll get a couple weeks out of this season. Um, but who knows what the next PTR is going to be or how long this season is going to last. Uh, with everything going crazy in the world. So I'll, I'll just try to make the best of it and go from there. I, um, so 
Sunday I had Paragon a thousand. Like I, 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 th- I thought for sure that you you were gonna pass. Like you were gonna get ahead of me. Like you were ahead of me for a while because, like Friday night, you guys hit, you know, seventy before I did, and you guys were you guys were, like hammering at home before. I had my set and stuff like that. I'm like, man. Like even nine balls like ahead of me. I'm like, oh man, this is ridiculous. Like, like that nine balls. <laughs> like, 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 I should be better than this. But then, um, like, I, I think I turned the tide Saturday. Like when everybody went to bed, nine ball and you and everybody all went to bed. <laughs> And I stayed up till one o'clock in the afternoon. I think that's whenever, like, it shifted, and then I got ahead of everybody. <laughs> and then, um, yeah, now you guys are all playing catch up. <laughs> but yeah, I hit Paragon a thousand. Um, I did a ninety-nine with my Demon Hunter UE because I wanted to get my augmenting gems up to a hundred. I have my I had my barb with all the right pieces but like a dex um, traveler's pledge a dex compass rose um, like no ancients except for like a helmet and I think the gems were... I want to say in the 60s and I did a GR95 with a frenzy barb and then I put all the gems back on my demon hunter and I leveled them all up to like 90 something but at that point I'm like I don't feel like playing a barb at all <laughs> I don't know what I want to play um I thought I thought this morning I wanted to play a wizard, but um, yeah, I was I wanted to play wizard up until basically Dread Sight's talking me out of it without even knowing it. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, not sorry. <laughs> I, I don't know what other character I want to play other than a demon hunter at this point. I got a wizard. I leveled her up to 70 this morning. Everybody was sleeping. Um, but that's basically about it. I got, I think, the helmet that she needs. Got the ancient illusionary boots. With all the good stats rolled on it, um, you know, for the for the Laud Hydra build. Yeah, that's the only version worth playing. But I don't know, you know, I'm gonna at least try and see how far I can go. I'm at this far. I got her to seventy. What's what's blood shards at this point? You know what I mean? Um. Yeah, other than that, 
said I hit a Paragon, 1,000. I want to hit 1,150 or 1,200 by the next show, next Sunday, whatever. Um, I only think I have like 50, you know, Greater Rift Keystones farmed up, but didn't really do much before, you know, before we started doing the show. Did a round of bounties and farmed some greater rift keys, but other than that, I didn't really do anything. I've been playing Animal Crossing since Sunday. Like, every now and then, I, I, I fire up the Switch and play it a little bit, but... Like, Diablo is... I want to, I want to get above 3,000 Paragon by the end of my non-season I want to get above 3,000 and I only need like 70 or whatever to do it but you know 3,100 would be good mm-hmm but and then you'll and then you'll just need 1,900 more to be Considered of average, not seasonal paragon level for balancing. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, that still cracks me up. But continue. <laughs> but on my defense, I, this is only my tenth season playing Diablo. So, <laughs> season-wise, anyway, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. We'll see. Like, like the one Diablo 4 dev, I can't remember her name, but she was talking about Half-Life Alex, and I'm half tempted to ask her how, how good that game is. I'm not planning on buying a VR headset or anything. I'm not into first-person shooters at all. But I want to know, is it worth, worth the hype that it, you know, that it had the entire time, you know, that everybody knew about it for the past couple of months? From just viewing people's streams and videos, it actually seems pretty well designed. It seems like, you know, like old school Valve making a really good game. Except they made it specialized for VR, so the people like myself who don't have a VR capable computer just cry in the corner. But it's good. It's good. It's okay. Mine's VR capable. I just don't want to pay the money to buy a VR headset when I don't there's not many games out there that are worth obviously buying at this point you don't want to get in the VR chat roulette and stuff like that <laughs> no now if they would come out with like what they had in ready player one I'd spend all kinds of money on a VR headset and a haptic haptic suit and everything else but till mm -hmm. then because <laughs> I, I can only imagine like how cool it would be to go from like Sanctuary to Azeroth to like whoever Overwatch is I can't remember like that just bouncing between them three would just I don't know that'd be surreal in, in um, VR yeah, it would be a trip. 
that's for certain. The news I have, and it's not really like a like a lot of news, but I ask somebody in in the the Blizzard um, ecosystem. I go. I noticed, you know, like the last year, you guys have been putting um, audio books out on Audible. This year you've put out two already. And then I search for Diablo again and you guys have two more out. Are you guys going to put out more Diablo books? Or are you guys basically done putting out Diablo books? And the response I got, which I'm surprised I got a response at all, was they, they want to release a couple, you know, you know, they want to release a couple and then wait a couple months, release a couple, wait a couple months, you know what I mean? And sprinkle them out throughout the year. But I guess they want to put them all out by, um, by this time next year. Now, I don't know if that was just the Sin War books. Or is that all the, that's all the books past the Cinemore up to the Order? You know, the Order's book nine. Um, Diablo Legacy of Blood is book one. I think we're up to book five right now. So we got, what, three more books to go. Yeah, I would imagine that if they, uh, I don't follow the Odell book scene, I don't read or even listen. I'm a, I'm a bad intelligent wizard. <laughs> um, but it would make sense that they would want to get everything to an audible format. Um, just so they have it there, you know, like backlog uh, premise. Uh, for it, and also now that you know D4 is a thing and they could talk about it, um, even though it takes place many decades in the future, uh, a lot of a, the premise of what D4 seems to be around is going to harken a lot to the past of Diablo. So, the Sin War and uh, Trilogy and all those books. Uh, will probably be a lot more relevant to D4 uh, than people probably give them uh, credit, even if just from like a lore standpoint, like lore figures and uh, each individual character's intentions and personalities and what tribes or cults they belong to. Uh, is there see Rathma not Rathma or Team not Rathma? <laughs> Uh, that me and Nimal are on, even though the metadata says differently on the, the YouTube video. Um, but yeah, it, it, it's smart business sense to get that stuff on Audible. Because uh, it gets more listens, it encourages uh, the creation of more books uh, to be done, which I'm sure they'll have at least one, if not two books, before Diablo 4 
uh, to help kind of set it up a little bit. I mean, they do it for a while before every expansion. Uh, they did it. They did the order before D three. They did a whole bunch of. Uh, they did a short story or several before Reaper of Souls. Um, I would imagine they would do a full book before D four uh, comes out as well to kind of help build the world and atmosphere and all the shenanigans that are going on and why uh, heaven has forsaken us and why uh, especially uh, Empiris is crying in the corner because <laughs> he didn't get to wipe out humanity <laughs> yeah I take that back um, the Sin Wars the first book is um, book four in the Diablo so we got five, six, seven, and eight to go. Yeah, so we got four more books to go before we get to Diablo Three: The Order. First book, Legacy of Blood. That is a deal with Bartik. Um, you guys see his name every now and then whenever you do um, Nephilim Rifts. I see it, so everybody else has to see it. The Black Road, um, that, I'm trying to, I just, I just listened to it last week, the freaking Kingdom of Shadow is, unfortunately, I am not a good phone friend at this point. Yeah, I can't remember. I can't remember the end of the Black Road, other than, um, like I said, the, the, the barbarians were in it. Oh, it's yeah, it's about that demon. I can't remember his name. Um, but yeah, he was in that one. The Kingdom of Shadows. To me, that was like the best out of the the first three books. That. Um, that deals with Diablo, so that by far is the best out of the first three, in my opinion. Like, they all start out pretty slow at first, because they... Um, and this is just going by me, my, me listening to the first three books and, and playing Diablo at the same time. Like, I start listening to it, and my mind just magically tunes out, and it, like, I catch myself, like, 30 minutes after I tuned out, and I'm like, I need to listen to this. Um, but the, it's basically the same premise in every book so far that I've read, you know. They, they build up, the, they basically go around to all the characters that are in the book, build up their backstory... They all meet together and they all go to the end of the book you know and yeah the um the kingdom of shadows is by far the best it's got um necromancer in it mm -hmm. and it's got diablo in it number two um two good things to have in a diablo book I'm gonna I'm gonna listen to Birthright again without a person that's from um, the Middle East or whatever that other dude was from on YouTube. 
because Josh Clark, I think, did, um, he's been doing all the books on Audible, and I'm pretty sure he did Birthright, too. So I'm going to listen to that some point in time this week, and, you know, get the story again, and cross my fingers that, that the next couple books come out in the next, I don't know, couple months, so I can listen to them at least. Yeah, that'd be nice. I don't, um, I don't listen to a lot of audiobooks. Like, I usually either listen to music, listen to podcasts, or watch Twitch when I'm farming GRs and stuff like that. But every now and then I, I want to get antisocial and just, you know, listen to a book here and there. And that's basically what I do it. Yeah, and sometimes it's just like, you know, I'm just I'm just gonna put on it and just listen to music or something. Just gotta tune out the world and all the craziness going on. Like I told you before the show, though, hopefully they incorporate some of the stuff in them books to Diablo Four, like the demon for the that demon for the the barbarians and stuff like that I, I don't expect them and I, I don't I don't think that they're gonna build an entire city that whenever you know the light shines on it it's gonna be humans cheering and everything but when like nobody's looking it's just gonna be a whole bunch of undead people you know what I mean I don't expect them to go that elaborate you know but um, It'd be nice if they did like a couple, you know, touches here and there. That'd be it'd be pretty cool to have like an elite be like that demon and, and stuff like that. Yeah, I would imagine. I mean, I, I I would even dare to say it's almost inevitable because, like I said before, even though Double Force happening decades in the future with it being Lilith and uh, the Triune and other callbacks uh, to the upper echelons of uh, the primevals and such like that. It almost seems uh, like we're gonna get some of those uh, at least novel uh, characters or uh they'll be able to pull from uh, novels and the books and be able to insert some of that uh, character personality or uh, you know locations or uh, other things that they could uh, describe there just pull it into the game to try to give the game more hooks into already established uh, lore and descriptions of of beasteries and the such, so I almost feel it's inevitable at this point. What do you um? What's your take on that Twitter picture that um? I think Diablo posted. Whenever they said about season twenty, and I don't know about being quarantined and stuff like that. Or haven't you seen it? Oh, uh, the one those looks like have a, like three big ass demons in the back, and 
like a sacrificial altar in there. Yeah. Yeah, it, it looks like it's. If I remember here, no, it's funny you say because I actually have it on my uh, desktop. Uh, it's not my desktop wallpaper, but I have it on my desktop because I got it and I pulled it because I'm like, you you know me, I, I need to have like a giant Diablo stock uh, image library. So let me let me open it up. Uh, yeah, it definitely looks like a church of the triune kind of deal because has a triangle on the stairs that's the three demons being diablo mephisto and ball am i saying it? i never know if i'm saying his name right so i'm gonna say bail but i'm like is it ball or bail i didn't play diablo 2 so that's why uh, it's like slap on the wrist <laughs> um but yeah it kind of looks like church of the triune in fact there's the main guy in the altar, but if you look to the left and the right, there's one guy on each side. So again, three, triangle, three, the three prime evils, three, by three they come. It's all imagery. It's all there. I wonder... Is that a picture from game, or is that just art? No bloody clue. That could be concept art for Diablo 4, and that could just be random wallpaper art they had. You never quite know. Yeah. Uh, the Diablo... Well, actually, any Blizzard game development team, especially the art team, you just never know. Like, they just do, like, stuff for, like, inspiration for the developers so they can have some kind of grounding starting point when they're doing like a temple or hell or uh, a grassy ass lands <laughs> I guess I meant to say it that way um, but yeah like they'll just like draw stuff for inspiration so the developers can actually do something and then they have the iterative process back and forth uh, to try to really develop either the area or a uh, character model or whatever so that was the the long answer to the short answer of no bloody clue. <laughs> I just hope in Diablo 4, what they do and like what they did in Diablo 3 with like all the freaking heaven um, like maps and stuff like that. Hopefully they do the same thing for Diablo 4 but I'll do a whole bunch of hell maps. <laughs> oh yeah, they said hell we were definitely going back to hell, first off. And secondly, um, I would hope so. Um, because in some ways, even though it wouldn't be anywhere near close to being representative, uh, the Ariat uh, core levels, you would think, would be somewhat similar. Uh, analog to like a hell level. Kinda. Yeah. Um. I imagine like like more fire, more lava, more everything, you know. And then I'm going like, well, you only have so much of lava and fire. It, like, just make everything like demons. <laughs> like, want to kill your face, <laughs> lovingly, demons. <laughs> and then that's about it. But um. 
Yeah, I agree. I, I, I hope uh, they give uh, good treatment to good old hell when we go back there. What what other? I don't know. I can't remember the last time I talked to you on uh, on here. What other two classes do you think they're gonna have in Diablo Four? Uh, um, we'll see. I'm thinking. I will. Short answer is, I hope like Necro. I don't and and uh, Amazon because in Amazon hopefully they can figure out a way to kind of al allow allow it to be a bow class two, so the archetype of what the demon hunter established isn't quite isn't lost completely going from D three to D four, um, and Necromancer just because it would be the prime uh, spellcaster pet class, just so as many archetypes that can be out there or at least established and then you know eventually if they start doing uh dlc classes or expansions with classes uh they can put in more niche type classes um my only hope is that they don't put a class in that has group healing because while the monk was actually a good success once they started getting some of the uh, kinks worked out of the class. The monk is the o is the only class that can heal, like heal and put down uh, like sanctuary and all this stuff, and that's what allowed for the form and meta to even exist in Reaper Souls. And even before that, it was actually established as a minor support class for um, for prepped defiled crit runs back in D3 MP10 days when you would run through the defiled crypt three times to force the wretched mothers to vomit up uh, zombies three times and then on MP10 with a full group with a monk with a life per hit uh, weapon and gem uh, going around uh, killing all those zombies to get the maximum amount of paragon in the shortest amount of time quote unquote um so even in those days, the monk was a support class, um, and I make that and I make the distinction of healing versus a support class because I'm fine with support classes, but healing is a whole another level because a healing can keep everybody alive. Support could be like help uh, diminish damage incoming, or help buff damage, or help uh, with group movement, which are great things it's group synergy it allows people to kind of pick their classes kind of work in a group together uh to make a more efficient group but when you throw in healing there it totally lopsides any form of meta grouping because if you don't have that healing character you're automatically at a disadvantage so i hope in d4 it's not so much around meta groups with healing it's more about uh, support classes and what's like if like if you were to run uh, a necro and I was to run a sorceress then in that position maybe a barbarian would be a good third party to take along with but if we were playing two different classes then a different class would be better for the support um, 
I hope that's how D4 turns out. Uh, so that's why I think the Necro and the uh, Amazon would be uh, the, the best classes to kind of bring back uh, to allow for more play styles, but not start us off the bat at meta grouping, which is good, and I understand some people like it, but it's like our it's like the entire gaming culture's uh, min maxing culture. It, it just throws out eighty to ninety percent of the bills because they're not, you know, the best, and then it starts killing you drumming the classes themselves. So that's what I'm hoping. Yeah, hopefully. Hopefully D4, your party, has to be like the same as the monsters you're fighting. Whether it be like the Barbarian in the front, and then the Spellcasters, possibly in the complete back. Maybe the Amazon and, and stuff like that in the middle. Just do, you know what I mean? Just because the wizard... <laughs> Wizard's not gonna take a hit. It's like the bar, you know, the barbarian's gonna take a better hit, and the Amazon's gonna take a better hit than the wizard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and to your point, it's like positioning, actually caring where you are second to second. That's a that's a concept. <laughs> I think based on seeing a lot of the support like builds and whatnot and Diablo the healing ones half or better depends on can this class get health globes to drop more than this other class or this other build and then how can we vacuum them up the quickest because that's essentially the, the easiest way to heal a party like that's why they nerfed necros when they first came out because they were dropping health clubs like nobody's business and you know yeah it, it was a little bit uh like where do these where do these hundred health clubs come from? <laughs> and when you got them around, there's no you, there's no, there's no way you're gonna die. <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. I'm sure, we got a long time before Diablo Four comes out. Hopefully, it's not as long as some people are saying. But yeah, my guess. Well. Before the corona incident started and is continuing, my estimate was this BlizzCon, we were going to get Class 4. And then next year with BlizzCon, we were going to get Class 5 with the Q1 update of... Let's, let me not get my year screwed up. We're in 2020, so that's 2021. So Q1 update of 2022 with like announce like beta is gonna happen soon, with the alpha actually starting several weeks after that. 
So beta would start late Q1 of 2022 or early Q2 of that same year. And then the game would approximately be released late Q3 of that year to end of 2022. That was my prediction a couple of months ago. I have it pinned on my Twitter uh, to remind myself. But with the whole thing going on, I know everyone at Blizzard's working home. Um, they're still doing their work, but it kind of, but that even in the best circumstances, not being in an office, especially creative type of positions where you're kind of feeding off of what the other person is doing and your what you're doing may directly correlate to what someone else is doing. It's a lot easier an office space environment where you can just kind of go up, get that person, drag them over to your workstation, let them see what you're doing versus you have to kind of complete your idea enough to kind of save it, send it over, take a screenshot or do whatever you do, uh, upload the file back to a secure server, however they operate and um, let the other person do it. It it just puts more time into uh, all the cycles of development and decision makings and back and forth. So hopefully this doesn't put too much time into it, but yeah, I, I would say at minimal where at least three years out, potentially four, which that which either one of those scares me because it's basically repeating the ulti- the open development cycle of Diablo three. And that that scares me by itself. I think it would be sooner than that, just because um, I don't think shareholders are gonna go that long without another big title. I obviously don't know what Blizzard's working on. I don't know, you know, what Blizzard has up their sleeve. But Overwatch 2 is coming out cross fingers this year. Um, what other games does Blizzard have coming out in the next t- till Diablo 4 comes out? Well, they'll have Overwatch 2 some point this year. Even though the alpha for WoW like every week it's like is it coming is it coming is it here yet and it's a little unnerving because you want to do a solid seven to eight month test on a on a wow expansion and that's putting the release window like end of november early december at this point um so that's a little unnerving, but hopefully the WoW expansion will come out this year, or or if they have to, uh, very early ne- uh, next year. So they would have Overwatch 2 this year, uh, WoW expansion late, late this year, or very, very early next year. Um, and then that's when you kind of get... And then you have all the Hearthstone expansions and what they're doing. So those are peppered in through the year. Um, last BlizzCon, I said 
I think StarCraft is kind of going to be like a dark horse. It's going to it's going to kind of be like the new Diablo 4. Like every year the possibility of StarCraft 3 happening uh goes up a little bit by little bit by little bit. Um but as far as like solid games like Diablo Immortal this year <laughs> hopefully <laughs> um but yeah I mean everything else would be like the incubation uh team like where so many of the uh, old developers that left uh their positions in the main games to go to the secret projects elsewhere in Blizzard we still haven't heard anything of them yet so hopefully one or two of those will be shown to the public and those will be brand new games brand new IPs that will interject some new life and some some big corporate term diversification of Blizzard's genres and allow them to uh, explore new avenues of entertainment and of course revenues as well <laughs> Call of Duty the RPG oh man oh man oh man, oh man. <laughs> then after that it's going to be Call of Duty the MMO <laughs> yeah they'll do the RPG then they'll, they'll, they'll be all the groundwork for the MMO yeah I can see that they should hire you Where's your $10 million signing bonus? <laughs> and they're just going to have... The MMO's just going to have, like, themed weeks. Like, each... Like, it's just going to be, like, the entire map of, like, the world. And then... Like, this week is World War II's Normandy. So everybody gets on a ship from... Or an airplane or whatever from America or whatever and goes over to Normandy and it storms the beaches and when you're dead you're dead good luck next week oh man you have to pay for your extra lives each extra life is a dime <laughs> you play for like five hours you die like 36 times <laughs> oh man that, that, that would like the ultimate like uh, like, uh, I would just be like pay to win. That would be like, good. That would be like, like elitist <laughs> stuff. Like there. I have I have zero faith in Activision at this point, other than Call of Duty, because that's all they know how to put out anymore. They don't ever think of games anymore, but. I did hear that there's going to be another Tony Hawk this year, so... Cross fingers, they're still in bed with Activision. Yeah. It can be like that. I know when, uh... Going back to uh, Anthem, of all games, when that was shown off, uh, my first impression was like, oh, okay, so it's like EAs and Bioshocks version of Destiny 2. But it looks cool. It looks like it could be a thing. Maybe my computer can handle it. And then like five seconds later, I'm like, wait, 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 wait. I said EA and Bioshock. It 
automatically is going to fail because EA is behind it in some way or form. Even if they're just a distributor, even if they're developing the game, somehow, some way, because EA is just there, it's just like a big taint <laughs> to the development. And lo and behold, it, wow. That was a major, it wasn't even a flop, it just failed hard. I'm like, I didn't spend my money on that. Yeah. I think the only company that could, that could put their name on something that they don't make and it turn out good is Bethesda. They can't make a good game anymore, but they can put their name on good games. <laughs> like Doom, Doom Eternal. They put their name on it, but they didn't make it. <laughs> Were they just like... Uh distributors or something like strictly I, th I think pretty much yeah i think they own id software or whatever and i guess uh, yeah they just Th that would explain it they just leave them alone <laughs> <laughs> like we like we know we suck we're still dealing with the fallout 76 issue here here you guys just deal with this we we, we can't handle two fuck-ups <laughs> within a year enjoy yeah, but then on the other end, you got EA that puts their, puts their, you know, finger in everything and screws up Anthem and, you know, I don't know. I don't know anymore. I don't, I don't trust anything EA comes out with unless it's at least a year old at this point. I don't trust anything that Bethesda puts out that they make. That says Fallout on it, unless it's been out for a while. Like I, I just I, I can't trust them anymore. Yeah, and that's kind of how I am with uh, games in general. Like, there's so many games like I would like to buy, but I'm like, no. I, I, it's not that Blizzard has a wondrous um, track record of late uh, to either, but at least it's somewhat better. And it seems like every other developer with a few uh, good standouts. But, ugh. Yeah, and, and it's also that. I don't feel like spending like 60 bucks on a game here, 40 bucks on a game there, another 55 on a game here. It's like, I just feel like spending the money for essentially games that act and play like games like from five years ago that I could play for free because I already own them. So what's the point? I just, I hate, like, shady stuff. Like, for example, and this is going to be close to home, but it's, for example, Activision. A couple years ago, they came out with a Call of Duty. Day one had zero microtransactions. All the reviews were awesome. No microtransactions in this game. This game's awesome, blah, blah, blah. There's no paywall, nothing. A month later, they added microtransactions. They added the pay-to-win mechanics to the game. They added all this stuff. After they had all the good, the, the good publicity of coming out with a good game without microtransactions. That's shady shit, you know what I mean? 
Yeah. Yeah, I remember hearing about that. I'm like, oh, so they went and told the reviews were in, and everyone said, oh, this is actually a pretty good, solid game. You know, they actually focused on making a, a good game that was there for the players first, and then, <laughs> you know, DLC and seasonal pass and microtransactions and pay the win mechanics, you know, like everything you said. It's, it's just very disingenuous and. But the thing is, I think the player base, uh, I think players in general over the last couple of years have just grown so repulsed and are of the idea of something like that, especially, but just in general, because it's so obvious why it's being done. It's so obvious that they only want the money and they're only building the they're building the game around the in-game stores they're not building the game around around core principles and entertainment experience they're building it around how much money they can milk out milk from you after you bought the game for 40 50 60 dollars or if you want to super duper collector's editions for however however many hundreds of dollars that some of them are going for and from two years ago from when Diablo Immortal hit and then Fallout hit and then there was just a string of disasters for four or five studios I think it finally began to sink into the uh, developers about microtransactions and pay the win mechanics and loot boxes, dear God, loot boxes, um, that they began to finally change a little bit. But I don't think we're there yet. There's a lot of people that want to pay. Uh, this is even before Diablo 4 is out. There's a lot of people that want to pay for stash tabs. Um, but I know... I've heard at BlizzCon last year that the, the dude from StarCraft, I can't think of his name, that came over for Diablo 4, um, he said that he does not want to sell, you know, in stash tabs. He wants to give you enough space that you don't want to have to buy stash tabs. Yeah, uh, it was David Kim. If I'm, yeah. If I'm not, yeah. It was the the way you phrase is more or less. It, it was they're trying to figure out the right amount of stash tabs. That's why you could hold on to what you want to hold on to versus, you know, overbearing system. And and in a way, like yeah, because there's some people that make the straw man argument that stash tabs is like, it's like pay to win. In like the loosest way of like, well, if I have like ten thousand stash tabs, I can hold on to everything. So therefore, if that one piece of gear five, five years into, into the game becomes relevant, I have it. Versus, I had to make a conscious decision to either keep the piece of gear or destroy it because I only have a limited amount of stash, which I can see. But it's like the most out of most outfield straw man argument. And I think the bigger reason to not have that they're probably trying to steer away 
from stash tabs, even if they limit, because is that the same reason why we don't have more stash tabs in Diablo 3? Like the game and the game engine and the servers just can't like freaking handle it. Like we saw that firsthand with the PTR a couple of seasons ago where they let everyone have it and uh, it killed the PTR <laughs> because the servers just couldn't handle all the uh, item calls when someone would load their item uh, inventory. All the items would be loaded at once and the server just couldn't handle it and it would crash. Um, so I've, there's probably more of that in their thinking, uh, along with we can't, along with the with the line thinking of quote we can't let them have everything quote. Um, as far as like uh, stash and inventory go, and also people have to think about it this way: if they're gonna let you buy a certain amount of stash tabs. Like say they would let you buy up to ten stash tabs at two bucks each. Well, that's still a limit. It's not like they're letting you buy an unlimited amount at two dollars each. So if they're gonna let you buy ten at two dollars each, and if they're gonna be a decent company, then they're just gonna let you have those ten extra stash tabs off from the get-go. But the player will never understand that uh, developer. Uh, you would say developer internal developer conversation that led to the player having 10 additional stash tabs that they're originally going to charge for and cry we need more stash tabs when the developer's like we could have charged you for those that's the maximum that we could have given you without having internal server problems and you're not going to get anymore so there, there's a little bit of perspective on the issue that has to be taken um with everything when it comes to these matters two dollars cheap i think path of exile oh, yeah. charges at they, least they get, five yeah i was about to say they charge five easily and people would still buy it i mean i view the necromancer dlc as stash tab <laughs> only buys because i don't play the necromancer so it's like okay i got two more character slots and two more stash tabs for the 15 dollars i paid <laughs> so i paid like 750 per stash tab <laughs> Their way of thinking could be, though, is if we sell them stash tabs, they won't have enough money to buy our wings and our all of our other stuff that we want to sell them. <laughs> you know. Yeah, but I don't know if wings are going to be a thing in Diablo 4 because the way, they, um, the way they're trying to show off the 3D model in the inventory space, some of the reasonings behind why we don't have certain item pieces in the game um, which le- which were leading to how they were designing the armor to begin with to make it more a little bit more cohesive I don't think they're going to put wings in D4 because they would kind of just break <laughs> the cosmetic immersiveness that they are putting in um, I, think it, I think they're going to be more grounded or it's going to be more like um, what WoW does, where there's like a set of pre-made cosmetic armor pieces. So you'll pro- that's where they're probably headed. Like they'll probably have like a set of uh, cosmetic gear that you can buy. So it's all it's all 
done to look good as a set when you cosmet when you transmog each item. That's why it at least looks good and grounded in game. It's not like this clown fest of, you know, you know, blood wings in like pink dyed gear and it's all armor so you look like a freaky barbarian unicorn going around smashing everything. I think they're trying to they're probably going for more grounded medieval looking uh, cosmetic as far as that's concerned. But who knows? Here's a set of wings that I'd like to see in Diablo 3 then. Like normal everyday like the like the angel wings that you know certain people have. I can't remember where where they got them. Um, could be the original collector's edition. I can't remember. Mm-hmm. Nope, you are correct on. But I want to see like them or like ones like that. Only like war torn. Like I want to see like one side of them half ripped off. I want to see the other side like broken and like flapping like the like a weird way. Like that to me that would be neat. Like a broken butterfly. <laughs> you know, if you ever watched and it's it's not like let's not go like the whole like as far as like dogma did where the two angels two angels from heaven there they just cut their wings off to become human you know and then you just see like the big the big scars on their back from where their wings used to be like that'd be cool though to see like war torn ones though like to me anyway that'd be pretty awesome like I'd put them on a barbarian god I can just imagine like the pickup lines <laughs> like hey baby I ripped off my wings <laughs> I fell from heaven for you. <laughs> uh, you know, totally off tangent. Now that I said that, it reminds me of uh, when D3 was coming out. Uh, somebody uh, did two videos. It, they were called Unnecessary Censor Censoring of like all the conversations in like Diablo 3, like vanilla. I think there were two videos. Uh, if you've never seen them, you should you should go watch them because they're funny because it, it's exactly what it is conversations and they just figure out the right point to just like like put in like a little center bleep and it just makes conversations just perverted or sexual or like totally like 180 of what the original conversation was just with like a simple little beep in the right place to make it unnecessarily censored it's hilarious I hope that they're still on YouTube. Uh, but yeah, those are funny. It reminded me of that, saying that idea. Did you ever watch the movie Dogma? Yes. In fact, when you were talking about it, I was thinking about uh, when Constantine is being uh, <laughs> being brought back to life <laughs> from the devil. <laughs> Ripping out the cancer. Like, you shot me. <laughs> like, like, really? <laughs> really? Everybody that lives in Pennsylvania should watch that movie once. At least it was filmed here. Come on. And now that I say that, 
I was actually thinking of Constantine. That was Constantine I was thinking of. But no, I have seen Dogma many times. It's a hard movie to find because all the church groups can't find it on digital. Like I, I had to buy it used. That's the only way I got it. That's a shame. It's like not... I don't know. It's it's not that... Like, I don't find it that offensive, you know what I mean? But whatever. I guess Buddy Christ is... It is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not gonna comment. <laughs> yeah. Do you have anything else before the show, Mr. Dreadscythe? No, I'm taking a uh, prolonged hi- hiatus from Scythe and Shield just because the world is a wacky place right now. And trying to after BlizzCon and holidays was wacky enough to try to schedule interviews, and that I had like several bouts of laryngitis because Kid got sick, and then I got sick, and then Kid got sick again, and I got sick again. And then other things happen, and then we need to focus on helping her develop more, which she is. And dear gosh, she she's crawling now. In the last week, and she but prior to that, she was uh, pulling herself up and like couch cruising for all the parents in in there listening that actually understand what that is. So now that she's crawling, we're giving it like a couple months before she's running around chasing our poor dog. That's never going to get a moment of rest ever again. Um, so I had to focus on that for the last couple of months. That's why I haven't done an episode of Scythe and Chills. I mean, I would like to, but I think when I started doing the podcast, that was like the perfect time to get it going, do a couple episodes before life came crashing back. Um, so hopefully I'll be able to get back that in some way or form. But other than that, it's just trying not to think of Diablo 4 just hopefully it'll turn out better than I'm giving it credit for and just enjoying Diablo 3 with my three musketeers that's that's what I call them uh, in our group in fact uh, after we record I'm going to jump in the group with them and play and try to not worry too much about what's going on in the world right now with all this business you don't have to worry about Diablo 4. There's so many other games to play right now. <laughs> I know, but I don't know if my computer can handle them. <laughs> it's getting to that point where I need a new computer. It's like, hmm, a new computer or go to BlizzCon. Wait, is BlizzCon going to happen this year? Who knows? Yeah, that was, that's was that been on my mind a lot the past couple weeks. And I'm sure... I'm sure Blizzard's like waiting until the last possible moment to say, hey, tickets are gone on sale, but we don't know if it's going to happen or, you know, they're just going to wait till June, July, August to, you know, have tickets go on sale. I don't know mm-hmm. at this point. Yeah, they'll, they'll just do the virtual ticket they'll charge a hundred bucks they'll throw in some more digital goodies 
and something that will get shipped to your house and they'll do like a nice like for they'll do like a nice one day of panels and stuff like that and everyone will get their announcements they'll do it digitally they'll save they'll save money everyone will watch it virtually and everyone will be happy and safe and not have to yell 30,000 times put on some freaking deodorant <laughs> they'll save money and lose money all at the same time <laughs> no if they have a virtual one and, and they charge for it oh my god no they'll make money because they won't have to rent at the convention center they won't have to have all that overtime pay for all their employees that are doing the con they won't have all the months and months of setup and movement oh my lord they'll make so much money I don't I don't know how much the convention center costs but but $300 a ticket times I don't know how many thousands of people show up there but it's a nice chunk of change man and they've they've always stated that it's like a break even or they suddenly lose money. But I mean, it's like I'm not trying to be like, oh sure, Blizzard, wink, wink, about it. But it's like, yeah, on like the BlizzCon tickets and the virtual tickets, maybe they break even. But man, people buy merch like there's no tomorrow at the store and at the uh, Dark Moon Fair, like people buy tons like you could say literally tons and tons and tons of stuff like people buy like three four five hundred dollars of their stuff there and then they're willing to pay like a hundred or 150 bucks just to ship it back home and I'm like, like it's not any cheaper or more expensive than if you just bought it in the store and got this free shipping home like like who are you people it's like Ugh. I mean, for people who, who live internationally and want to buy it at the con, there may be like a tax savings, which is usually the case. But still, it's like people go freaking batshit on March. And I'm like, I no. <laughs> like, I'll support the company through the games uh, that they do. So that's why when I put money in blizzard's pocket it's because i like their games not because i feel like buying 35 different diva t-shirts thank you <laughs> i think the only thing like the only merch that i have from blizzard other than the the halls of the blind t-shirt that i bought a couple years ago was the backpack and i got that as a christmas gift because Every time I go to my parents' house, like you can put the switch in like the cl the clear back of it, and put all the clothes and everything I need in like the front of it. It's like the perfect bag to freaking go to my parents' house. Like it's great. And that was like thirty-five bucks for my parents to get me for Christmas two years ago, I think. Yeah, that that backpack wasn't bad. I I saw it live and in person but I didn't buy one yeah that's that's like I wanted I wanted the messenger bag and it was like a year or two before I started buying the virtual tickets if I would have bought that um, 
you know, BlizzCon merchandise. Like, that's the one that I want. I still want that freaking messenger bag. But, I'll dig in my closet if I can find my one. To give me your address and pay for the shipping. I'll mail it to you. Cause it's just, if I have it, it's just rotting away in the closet. <laughs> but other than I'm a weird minimalist. It's like, I, I like what I like and everything else I could just give two shits about. Other than that, I don't think there's any other merch that... Like, if, if somebody could tell me if the Blizzard, like, Diablo hats were fitted or not fitted, I would either buy one or not buy one. But I'm not buying one that has... That's a snapback. I, I have this Riker hat because it's fitted. And that's the only way I wear hats nowadays. And it's been that way for the past 20 years. I, I If I grow hair, like, the snapback hats just, you know, go up and just raise up on my head. And I don't know, these hats are, like, perfect. Mm-hmm. Like, if they made, like, a new era Diablo hat... I'd buy at least two of them, one for work and one for, one for, you know, going out to non-greasy, oily messes, you know, kind of like this Raker hat. <laughs> this is the one I, this is the one I wear in public and the other one is completely greasy and dirty because I wear it to work every day. <laughs> <laughs> but there's only a few people that know exactly what this hat's for. <laughs> Usually people see hats, at least in Pennsylvania, they all have peas on them. Because it's either, it's either Penn State, the, the Pirates, Pittsburgh Steelers, they had a pea on their hat for a long time. Or Philadelphia, you know what I mean? Like, no, like, that's basically every, every, um, just about every major sports team in, in Pennsylvania, except for two outliers and they're both in Philadelphia which would be the Eagles and the and the 76ers yeah I, I, I didn't realize that until you said it like yeah it all pretty much works out that way is there anything you've been watching that you want to talk about or uh Yeah, I mean, uh, my wife and I, this is going to be like, this is going to like show you like how weird we are. <laughs> um, Alton Brown has his Good Eats Reloaded, uh, and, and, and her and I are, we always loved his cooking shows, so we've been watching those. It's weird. It's like, what, you're not watching like anything on Hulu or Netflix or like like the Marvel Universe or, or like this, that, or, or, or Alter Carbon or stuff like that. I'm like, no, I could care less. I, I couldn't get into it. Like Black Mirror, like, no, I, I don't care. Um, but Good Eats, no, no. Uh, that's that's my wife's and I's uh, jam right there. Um, another series that she found randomly and then, we, and then I started watching every episode with her and it's partly because I'm Jewish, and it's like, yep. Oh, who wrote this show? The like the Jew. It's oozing. Like this is what this is like. Even though we weren't like 
like real Jews per per se like like growing up in a family like this show nails it it's hilarious it's hilarious on its own right and it's also hilarious on like how they portray like typical daily uh household even though the show is set in like the 1950s um and now you're wondering what's the name of the show it's called the marvelous miss Maisel. um it's basically think of it as like a comedic kind of drama it basically follows um a woman who is getting divorced and then all of a sudden starts a a stand-up comedic uh uh career like because of she's getting divorced from her husband again in the late 1950s and 60s in america so you can imagine how that all plays into especially with the whole family unit being jewish so it it's hilarious um the funny parts are funny the human parts are very human it's a very well written show um there are some really wacky out there episodes but they still feel grounded um the only thing that my wife and i feel bad about is that even though we paced ourselves from watching the episodes like we would watch one episode here one episode there uh, maybe two episodes here take a couple of day break we eventually got to the end of season three and now we have to wait for when the next season comes out so but that 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 was the first series of a show that her and i liked in a very long time because we can't really be bothered with a lot of other shows um but this one was really good and this one's on amazon prime so those are the two that we're watching see it's not as bad as what me and greed got into for a while with torture and kidnapping and and serial serial killer documentaries (laughs) (laughs) it's like what we're not watching saw 15 i'm like no The only thing that I, like, remotely even watched this week, and I started watching it yesterday, and I didn't even get through the whole movie. I watched, I don't know, the first hour, maybe. And I fell asleep last night. And then I just asked the dude at work what the rest of the movie was about, because, I don't know, it didn't catch my eye to begin with. But it's called The Platform on Netflix. And... I don't know. It's... It's basically... Two people per level. And I think there's... Maybe 350 levels. And there's just a big giant hole in the middle. And if you look down, you look up, you see, you know... Whatever level you're on... You see, you know, the people above you and people below you. And I don't know how many times, I don't know if it's once a day, once, you know, I don't know. But this, the middle is like big, huge thing comes down and it stops at every level for a certain amount of time. And it's food. But it's for 350 levels, and level 1 gets it first, level 2 gets, you know what I mean? 
and these the two people that you're following I think they got the I think they were on floor 132 the second time you know the second platform that they were on every 30 days you switch whatever you know the 132nd platform these people didn't have any food so you figure from the rest down didn't get any food either and it's dubbed English it's not made in, obviously in America it's made some other country where their native language is not English but um, yeah it's it, it goes very weird in a very quick hurry there's like this one this one Asian lady she sits on the food table and she always fall she always goes down on the table she's looking for her kid and stuff like that um, I don't know the the I'm not telling you guys the ending but I was told the ending at work and I'm like I'm glad I didn't watch the rest of this because I probably would have been like this is the dumbest movie I've ever watched in my life. But other than that I, I really haven't watched anything. I've read I've listened to a book and a half of Diablo in the last week, so Well I would hope so. <laughs> if that says where all my time went. And I, I still need to, I still need to get used to freaking Audible because it says like three hours remaining, and I'm like, ah, oh, it's till the end of the book. I'm almost there. And like I'm sitting there listening, and three hours has passed. And I'm like, this book isn't ending anytime soon. And I'm looking, and it's like x amount of hours left. I'm thinking to myself, it's probably just the chapters at that point. Um, but yeah, it's all the Diablo books, man. They're all most of them are pretty good. Yeah, maybe I'll take a stab at them sooner or later. Like I said, there's either an Indian or some other dude that does birthright on YouTube. Hopefully, freaking Josh. Can't think of his last name now does a better job than that guy does at reading a book. So it was like 20 hours and like he his editing had a and I I don't know. I never edited videos, so I can't tell you how hard it is. But you would think like when you're done editing something, you would watch it through again to be like Hey, I screwed that up. I need to fix this. And I see it out of the best of the people. You know what I mean? Like, I seen, like, the one video... This was a couple weeks ago. Riker missed, misspoke on one of his videos. It happens. You know what I mean? But, like, this guy, like, it seemed like every... Every ten minutes, like... He would, like, read for, like, ten minutes or something. And then, like, he would stop and then start back up and read... And it would be like three sentences that he just repeated himself. I'm thinking to myself, 
you're that horrible at freaking editing your videos that you can't even do it that right, you know what I mean? But I don't know. Like I said, I don't know how hard it is to edit a video or a audio in a video to know how hard it is to do what they do. But I would at least I would at least do the run through after when I was done with it to to see hey this is messed up maybe I need to fix this before I put it on YouTube. Yeah. Do you have anything else for the show, Mr. Dreadsite? No, well, that's it for now. Just living at a distance, living in a hope and a prayer. <laughs> Where can everybody reach you at? Uh, for right now, just uh, on the good old-fashioned Twitters. You can do a little Tweety <laughs> at me, at Dreadscythe. And that's probably the best spot. I check it way too much for my own good. And yeah, that's where you go. Yeah, I put Twitter on my phone and on my tablet, so I... No matter what device I have in my hand, I have Twitter. I don't have I don't have Discord on my phone because when I go to bed, I don't want to hear people talking in Discord. <laughs> but I but I do have I do have Twitch on there, which is dumb because I could be going to bed and it's like ding, and I'm like, ah, it's just somebody you know, somebody starting a Twitch stream. Anyway, um, you've been listening to episode 254 of the Shattered Soulstone, your Diablo community podcast. Missed an episode. You can find the show's blog, listen to the show archives, www.shatteredsoulstone.com. With your support, you can help the show grow. Become a Patreon today, patreon.com slash soulstone. Come join us in-game or in-game community and clan both named the Shattered Soulstone. Open to anyone who would like to join. You can also join us on Discord for the Ultimate Team community-based experience. Find the Discord invitation link on our Twitter and Facebook page as well as the Shattered Soulstone website. This show is powered by you, the listener. Send your contributions, thoughts, questions, and feedback to show at ShatteredSoulstone.com. We love Twitter. Come join and tweet with us. You can find the show's Twitter at Shattered Stone, Dead Greed at Dead Greed 1812. And you can find me at Shazam081. We would like to extend a huge thank you to Medros at Dawnforge Productions for hosting our Loot Deviant show. You can find more shows from the Dawnforge at www.thedawnforge.com. Thank you for listening. Until next time, from all of us at the Shattered Soulstone, over 253 episodes for your listening pleasure. Dawn Forge. This podcast is part of the Dawn Forge Network. Copyright 2020.